0: Man, that was rocking. I'm in here bouncing. <laughs> yeah. All I needed was some cargos, that beer here, pop-locking and doing the running man and doing the happy feet. COH family is good uh, to see everybody today, to have everybody with us today. We're going to give you all a few seconds to come on and get on up in here. Uh, but we are grateful to God. I am super excited. Um, I can't wait to introduce this brother who we have that's going to be sharing with us today. He is one of my dear friends Uh, But while we're getting you in, hello, good to see you. God bless you today. Hello, good to see you. God bless you today to the COH family. uh, I am just grateful to God for you. A happy Tuesday. And as we share about finances, I pray that everyone is doing well during this Lenten season. I pray that God has been moving in your lives. I pray that you are holding up. Uh, As we are in the midst of this financial fast, uh, this financial fast has been a blessing for me. Um, I hope it's been a blessing for you. Um, It even has me out here in these streets cooking. Um, That's right. Financial fast even has me out here in these streets cooking. It's incredible uh, what the Lord is doing and how God is moving and pressing and moving us all along this journey. Look. Uh, say hi to us in the chat uh you can be able to put your questions in the chat even um as dr Williams is sharing uh but we are just a super duper excited super duper excited about what the lord is doing look I'm gonna get it rocking and rolling uh, good morning god bless you I'm saying good afternoon I'm used to being on the live prayer y'all make sure to get on the prayer call in the morning in the morning at seven. M. We got a prayer call uh, on Facebook Live, and I'm praying for you on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So, y'all make sure to get on the prayer live on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We are just so grateful uh, for all that the Lord is doing. God bless everybody. I see your sister Dyson, sister Stephanie, sister Minister Kyla. God bless everyone. It's so good to see everybody this evening and we are grateful to God. Look, I I want to start us off with a word of prayer, and then I want to introduce my good friend uh, as we get ready to rock and roll. Hey, Sister Moore, good to see you, Sister Blasting Game. God bless you. Uh, Good to see everybody getting plugged in and locked in. Let me start with a word of prayer. God, in Jesus' name, we are grateful for this day. We thank you for your hand and for your power. We thank you, God, for what you're doing uh, in the finances of community of hope members and family. We do give you glory, God, because we do believe, God, and I'm grateful that you have been able to prosper us in pandemic. That's right. You've been able to prosper us in pandemic. Uh, that I just got finished seeing one of our members. Um, actually, congratulations. She put it on Facebook so I can share it. Congratulations to Reverend Tia uh, getting a brand new house. Just brought a house. Uh, congratulations to Reverend Tia for Just purchasing a house that God has been prospering us in pandemic. And we are just so grateful for all that the Lord is doing. God, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise for all that you've been doing. Now, bless this time of sharing to your honor and to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Hey, Sister Valerie, God bless you. Sister Henry, I see you're watching. God bless you. God bless everyone, no matter what platform you're watching on. Uh, if you are on Facebook or if you are on uh, church on the website or if you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Roku or Apple TV or Fire TV, we're grateful to God for wherever you're watching and excited for what the Lord's going to do. Look, I want to introduce today uh, one of my good friends. It's important to have friends. It's important to have friends that you really uh, can count on, but not just count on, uh, but that inspire you. And this is one of my friends uh, that also inspires me. I've just been watching Reverend Dr. Darrell Williams of the St. Paul United Methodist Church. And this brother um, is an incredible pastor. He's an incredible uh, family member. Uh, He's an incredible father. He's just an incredible brother to God's honor and to God's glory. And I thank God for all that God is doing through him and in his life. And so I want he is also uh, the work that he does, uh, the work that he does in finance. Uh, He is a brilliant uh, financial strategist. And so I asked him if he would come and share with us uh, this afternoon um, around finance. So come on. I want y'all to make some noise in the chat and give it up for my good friend, my brother, uh, Pastor A Reverend Dr. Darrell Williams. Reverend Williams, bless you, man. You can jump on in right now.
1: Bless you, Pastor Lee. Hope all is well with you today. Listen, this is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm always glad to join the Community of Hope family. And I'm always, listen. There's nothing like getting an introduction from your friends, because your friends will tell the truth about you or they'll tell a lie about you that sounds like the truth. I won't tell you which one uh, Pastor Lee was doing today, but I appreciate all of his kind words. I'm gonna record this and play it back for my wife so she can understand who I really am in this piece. Listen, Community of Hope, it's always good to be with you all, and it's good to be with your senior pastor and your entire staff. I I bring you greetings from the St. Paul Church in Oxon Hill, Maryland. We're excited to be with you. Y'all are neighbors. Y'all right up the road. Uh, we're going to talk finances tonight. I'm going to uh, let uh, Pastor Lee pop out so that so he can take notes, and I want all of you to take notes. If you've got pen and paper, you got to grab those pens and papers because you want to make sure that you're getting everything that the Lord is going to talk about tonight. Listen, what I want you to understand, Is that finances are a spiritual issue. And I know many of you don't, I know many of you have never heard that before, but you got to understand finances are truly a spiritual issue. And I want you to know that because you have to understand if you don't get your mind right about your money, you'll never get your money right. If you don't get your mind right about your money, your money will always be in chaos and your money will always be all over the place, which is why I'm so glad that you all are doing a financial fast. Listen, financial fasts are one of the most difficult fasts you can do. I know some of y'all are saying, no, no. You know, I've done sun up to sun down. I've done Daniel fast. The thing about a financial fast is that we don't even realize how much money we spend until we have to fast from doing it. You know, Pastor Lee was talking about how he's got a cookbook. during this financial fast. Every time my family and my church goes on a financial fast, we find out that we are literally eating our fortunes away. So I want to encourage all of you during this fast. And I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. I know you don't have the habits of being in a fast because why would you? All of us just kind of go with the flow. But listen, If you do this fast right, you will wind up on the other end in a better situation than you could have ever imagined. I'm going to tell you why. The point of a financial fast is that it allows you to detox. That's right, detox. The detox is simply to psychologically or medicinally remove toxic substances from from a living organism, but it's not limited to the human body. It can also refer to a period of withdrawal from which the organ for which the organism then returns to what's called homostasis. Let me break it down for you. When folk go into rehab, it's a detox. They take away what they're depending on, is what we'll call it, so they can dry out and reset. The point behind your financial fast, I want you to understand you've never thought about it this way before, but you've got to detox from money. You've got to get your mind right about money because if you don't get your mind right about money, the rest of it will not matter. So if you're not spending, if you're not using credit cards, if you're not just living foul and wild, and I mean foul and wild by just throwing money all over the place, you're detoxing. And the reason you have to detox is because we can become dependent on money to give us happiness. And I want you to understand money does not give happiness. I know folk that make $40,000 a year who are happy as can be. I know folk who make $400,000 a year who are completely miserable. When you can get yourself to detox from money, you can get yourself back to the right position. And may I go further, a godly position that will allow you to both have health wealth and spiritual satisfaction so i want to encourage y'all during this finance during this financial fast to just know you're detoxing yeah it's gonna be times when it feels real weird there's gonna be times when you feel like you can't make it's gonna feel times when you're going through withdrawal so what you gotta do is watch this Keep yourself away from your triggers. If you know that Amazon is your trigger, everybody raise your hand, then keep yourself away from Amazon. Take the app off your phone, take the app off your devices, and don't go there on your computer if you know that that's your trigger. If you know that commercials are your trigger, turn your TV off and stop watching commercials because you know that your commercial will lead you to your car and lead you to Wendy's. Now, let's just be clear. The reason a detox works, think about right now, if you fell into a place where you were hungry, but you didn't feel like cooking, you would go outside, get in your car, drive to somewhere with a drive-thru, order food, and then drive back home. Let's break this down. If you drive somewhere right now that's within 20 miles of your house, you're going to burn a gallon of gas. You're going to burn a gallon of gas at almost $5 a gallon. You're going to wait in line at that drive through And you may burn another gallon of gas just sitting there waiting. That's two gallons at $5 each. So now you're at $10. You're going to drive another mile home, which means that you're going to burn a third gallon. That'll be $15. And then you know you ain't going to drive all the way there just to get a value meal. You're going to order from the big boy menu, which means you're going to spend $12 there. So your hunger and that commercial just cost you, let's see, 5 plus 5 plus 5, that's 15 Another 11 on top. Of that, which means that you're now at twenty six dollars when you could have just went to the refrigerator. The joy of a detox is that it puts money back into your pocket by you not spending all of it. And here's the thing. You've got to start thinking right about your money. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever figured out what your money personality is? Now, what's a money personality? I'm glad you asked. You have to know how you personally deal with money, how you personally engage with finances. And if we're honest, some of us don't engage with them at all. We just kind of roll how we roll. Some of us are fearful around finances. We're afraid that if we look at the numbers, they're going to jump out and scare us to death. Some of us are aggressive with money. We just know we got it. We're going to run hard and do everything we can with it. I'm not saying that any of these are right or wrong, but you have to know what your money personality is. For instance, are you a spender? Or are you a saver? You know, the difference between a spender and a saver is what your first inclination is. Is your first inclination when you get some money to put it away? Or is your first inclination when you get some money to hit the mall, hit the shops and spend it up? It's not right or wrong. There's a little of each of it in both of us, in all of us. But if you don't know what your mindset is, you won't know how to deal with it. Second question I wanna ask you about your money mindset. Are you a planner or are you a doer? Can we break it down for a second? If you're a planner, you plan out your spending. You know what you're going to spend this week. You know what you're going to spend next week. You know what you're going to spend the week after. But some of us are doers. In other words, I ain't got no plan. I just know what I got. In other words, I know kind of what's in the account, so I know what I can spend until it gets down to zero. We just gonna roll like we gonna roll. It's not right or wrong, but you have to know which one you are. Because if you're a doer and you think you're a planner, then you'll never have a plan. But if you're a planner and you think that you're a doer, you may never have satisfaction. You gotta know what your mindset is. And this is the third thing I want you to realize because we're talking about a detox money is not. Medicine. Now, I know some of y'all ask me, what does that mean? Money is not medicine. Money is not designed to make you feel better. And for a lot of us, let's just be honest, money, we treat money like medicine because when we get something new, we feel better. We think money is medicine because, you know what, I was having a bad day. I bought myself some shoes. I immediately felt better. The problem is, money is not. Medicine is not supposed to make you feel better. Money is a tool that can be used for good or can be used for bad. And when I say good or bad in this instance, I'm talking about to build up your life or to tear down your life. And if you keep treating money like it's medicine, you'll always need another hit to get by. And I want somebody in here to know the reason you're detoxing is because when you get past treating money like medicine, you'll begin to move different. You'll begin to act different. You'll begin to think different. You'll begin to live different because you'll have a right relationship with money. When you think money is medicine, money controls you. When you realize that money is a tool, you control your money. And before we're done after these weeks that we're together, I want all of y'all to be like Janet Jackson and be able to just say, I'm in control. I'm in control of my future. I'm in control of my finances. And I'm in control of what's going to happen for me. If you can get some control, watch this money won't be medicine. You'll be able to spend and save, and you'll be able to plan for the future. But you've got to know. Part of your money mindset is always going to be about a lifestyle. Let me give you a couple quotes. Oral Roberts, famous preacher, said, You have to give seed giving. You show your faith by what you do with your money. Richard Allen, said that money was for self-empowerment. Y'all know Richard Allen, y'all AMEs, founder of the AME Church. Money is for self-empowerment, to build ourselves up and build our community up. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, these were his three practices around money. Earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. What I want you to understand is that all of them are right. But you've got to figure out how all of these fold into your lifestyle. You should be using some of your money to sow into the kingdom of God because God has blessed you and you want to be a blessing to God. You should be using some of your money to empower yourself, to make sure you're not dependent on others, to make sure that you're not always living hand to mouth and check to check. You should be earning all you can so you can save all you can, so you can give all you can. But it's got to function within your lifestyle. And for too many of us, watch this. We don't have a lifestyle around money. We just like style with our money. We just want to make sure that folk can see us living large. We just want to make sure that it looks like we're doing good. And this is what I want you to know. You can look like you're doing good and still be doing bad at the same time. It's a lifestyle choice. What are you going to do with what God has blessed you with? Because here's the thing, let me tell you what God tells you about money. Psalm 24, verse one simply says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Haggai chapter two, verse eight, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord almighty. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Matthew chapter six, verse 21, where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. So let's break this down for a minute. You've got to understand this one key thing about your money. It's not your money. And I know somebody just dropped their pen. Somebody just looked at me like, who money you think it is? I go to work every day. I earn a living. I put up with my boss. I ain't laid hands on nobody. This is certainly my money. Here's the problem. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Yeah, you work every day. You show up on time. But can I take you back to the interview? Can I take you back to the application when you sat and you prayed over that application, when you walked in and you were sitting in the waiting room, nervously tapping your foot, and you said this prayer that we've all said before a job interview? Dear God, if you will just help me find favor in the sight of the interviewer, if you can just help my resume move from the bottom of the stack to the top of the stack. Dear Lord, if you can help them see through my flaws and see my heart so they can know I'm the one for this job, I will always bless you, praise you, and keep you. Now, here's the thing. The Lord has made a way for you. The Lord has gotten all of us jobs. The Lord has gotten all of us breaks. But here's the problem. Oftentimes, once the Lord has gotten us the job and gotten us the break, we forget that the Lord did it, and we start talking about how well we're doing. We start talking about all that we're doing. We start talking about how smart we are, how cool we are, how we show up on time most of the time, how don't nobody else work like me. The Lord gave you the ability to produce wealth. You see, it's because of God that we've got our health. It's because of God that you've got whatever intellect that you have. It's because of God that you've got whatever ability that you have to produce income that comes into you so that you can be blessed by all that God. Is doing. And I want you to understand, when you forget that the Lord is giving you this ability, you'll start to take credit for what the Lord has done. But can I take it a step further? Psalm 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And Haggai 2 and 8, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. In other words, the Lord wants you to understand, all you have is actually his. This is how I want you to look at it. If you've ever rented a car you realize that that rental car is yours but only for a little while you know when you go up to the when you go up to the counter and they give you the keys yeah they've given you the keys they've given you the trust they've given you the ability to go take that car do what you want to with that car but eventually you're going to have to bring that car back because that car has always belonged to Enterprise. That car has always belonged to Hertz. Yeah, it was yours for a week. You could manage it. You could do what you wanted to, but you had to bring it back because ultimately it was owned by somebody else. You've got to understand that all of our wealth is a trust from God. All of our wealth is money that God has given us to allow us to be able to do his work and his will on his earth. When you remember that it's not yours, you're just being allowed to manage it. Watch this. You will begin to see money in a completely different way. Let me show you what God's purpose for money is, because y'all, this is the community of hope. Y'all want to live by what the Bible says. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses ten through eleven. Simply say this. Y'all ready? Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This is what I need you to see. God blesses us with money to do God's work. Notice what it says. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Look at what the word is saying. God gives all of us something to work with. And I know for many of us, we just wish God would give us a little more to work with. For many of us, we just wish that God would expand that just a little bit. But look at what God says. I will always increase your store and give you a harvest and you will be made rich in every way. Here's the problem. We want the verse to stop there. That's not where the verse stops because that's not where the will of God stops. We often forget that the power of God and the choice of God is for us to be enriched so that we can do God's work, so that we can do God's will, so that we can, watch what it says, be generous on every occasion. And I know what some of y'all are saying. I wanna be generous. I want to be a blessing. I want to tithe. I want to make offerings. I want to be generous to children. I want to be I want to help with the homeless. I want to deal with food insecurity. I want to do all these things. I just don't have the money. And I hear you. That's why you're here. Because once we get your mindset right. Let me tell you the things that I'm going to teach you about over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to teach you how to budget properly. I'm gonna teach you how to save. I'm gonna teach you how to invest. I'm gonna teach you how to make sure that you have money put away for retirement. I'm gonna teach you how to pass down generational wealth. Before this is over, we will have changed your ability to not only be a blessing to God and a blessing to others, but to also be a blessing to yourself. But I want you to understand It all starts with your mind. The Bible tells us that as a man or as a woman thinks, so they are. And you've got to understand, if you don't get your thinking right, if you don't get your practices right, none of the rest of it is going to matter you've got to understand that until you get the rest of it, until you get your mind right, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much investing you've done, because until you get your mind right, the rest of it will always be out of order. It will always be out of line and it will always be out and it will always be out of control. And if you understand that your stuff is out of control because you're out of your mind, you'll be able to get your mind right so that you can get everything else right. And I'm going to show it to you. You've got to understand no matter where you're starting from, you can end up in a better place. No matter where you're starting from, no matter what you've got, you can wind up in a better place if you have your mind right. But here's the thing. First thing I got to give you is a don't before I give you the do's don't fall in love with being rich. The Bible tells us that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, mind you, doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The reason you have to realize that is because when we don't think we have enough money, we get desperate. Has anybody ever been in a desperate situation? Has anybody ever been in a troubling situation? Listen, when you are troubled by money, when you are worried about your income, when you're worried about how you're going to make it, or when you just make money the end all to be all of everything, you will do some crazy stuff. How many of y'all ever done something crazy for money? How many of y'all ever done something that you just look back on and say, I wish I hadn't done that? Let me ask you a better question. How many of y'all are working at places right now because you need the money? Here's the problem. If you can get your money mind right, we can get you through and away from all of that. I believe that one of the most difficult things for the believer, one of the most challenging things that we have in the church is that believers don't know how to manage their money. I believe that so much that I actually did my doctoral studies on believers and money because I believe that the Lord has put me on this planet to help the people of God deal better with God's money so that they can have better lives on this side of the Jordan. And here's the thing. It's all about management. I mean, in the church, we use a big word for it, a fancy word called stewardship. Stewardship is simply how do you manage the money that God has given you? How do you deal with what God has given you? And how do you manage it appropriately and effectively to bring glory to God? And to do it, first thing you got to do is get your mind right. I'm going to show you what a am going to show you what that looks like. If you got a Bible, I need you to look with me at Matthew chapter 25, and I'll be reading for you verses 14 through 30 tonight. This is what it says. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one one talent. To each he gave according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and made five more talents. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But the one who received one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will set you over much. Enter into, the, enter into the joy of your master. And he who had two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two more talents. The master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He who had received one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master said to him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I haven't sown. I gathered gathered where I haven't scattered seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have at least received what was my own plus some interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents for to everyone who has who For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what little he has will be taken away, and cast this worthless servant into the outer darkness in a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to show you something here called the parable of the talents. Look at what it starts off with, and this is what you have to remember. It starts off by saying a man who was going on a journey entrusted his property to his servants. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one, each according to his ability. I want you to understand, the reason it's important for you to be in this class is because God doesn't give you what you can't handle. Look at what the Bible says the master gave to each of the servants according to their ability. Too many times, we wanna solve our money problems with a windfall that we are not prepared for. You see, God understands what you're able to manage. And if you can't manage a little well, then God is not gonna give you a lot to mess up. True fact, plenty of folk who wind up with a lot of money wind up broke shortly after if they get it In a windfall. If you look at professional athletes who wound up making more money than they could ever imagine, many of them just short years after they are retired are broke because they don't know how to manage the money. If you look at lottery winners, there was a time when 50% of lottery winners went broke within. Five years of winning millions of dollars because they got the money, but they didn't get the mindset. And I want you to know right now that before God will bless you with the money, you've got to get the mindset. And look at what we have here. Don't worry about what you have. God will always and can always give you more when you proven that you have the ability to manage it. Too many times we want what we can't handle and God will not bless you with what you can't handle because if you can't handle it, it's not a blessing, it's a curse. And I want you to understand, once you begin to manage your money well, once you get your money mindset right, God can trust you with more and give you more because God knows what you will do with it. And for too many of us, our real problem, is not a lack, it's bad management. It's not that we don't have enough, it's that we haven't figured out what to do with what we have. And I want you to understand through the course of this class, you are going to learn how to do more with what you have than you ever imagined possible. I'm gonna show some of you how to get a raise without ever having to make more money. I'm gonna show some of you how to be able to retire when you never thought you'd have enough, but it's all gonna come from the inside out. If I teach you the principle and you don't learn it and apply it, you will wind up in the same place that you were before, but if you will learn and apply what I teach you before this is over, it will change everything for you. Notice, when God gave out talents in this parable, the Bible tells us that one person got five, one person got two, one person got one according to their ability. This is what I want you to know. Everybody got something. Too often, we think that we're not blessed because we don't have what other folk have. That's a bad money mindset when you only judge what you have based on what others have, here's the problem. Nobody ever looks down. They always look up. Nobody ever says, well, you know, it's 60 grand, but at least it's not 30. What we always say is, if I only could be making 70 or 80, because we're always comparing ourselves up, not comparing ourselves down and not realizing that we have what we have and that's a blessing in and of itself. I want you to realize that as long as as you've got breath in your lungs, God is going to bless you. As long as you've got the willingness to do the will of God, God is going to bless you. But don't ever think that you're not blessed because you don't have what somebody else has. Because here's the thing, you can use what you have to the best of your ability. You can use what you have and make it more than you started with if you follow the principles that God lays out about money. Here's the thing. Watch this. As you go through this parable, you begin to find out that the guy with five made five more. In other words, he doubled his money. The guy with two made two more. In other words, he doubled his money. Stop right there. Let me show you. The guy with five wound up with 10. The guy with two wound up with four. Now, for too many of us, we would say, why he got 10 and I only got four? You got double what you started with. I want you to understand when you apply God's principles to what you have, you don't have to have what other folk have, you'll have as much as you can handle. Because here's the thing, if you start out at two and wound up with four, you got double. And for many of us, watch this, when we're not comparing, double is more than we imagine. Let me ask you right now, think about your paycheck. Now double it. How much could you do with double what you make? How much could you be a blessing with double what you make? But now here's the problem. Right now, thinking about that, you're like, man, double would be great. And it would be until you got it. Because if you don't change your mind beforehand, that double will be trouble. What do you mean? I'm about to tell you what I mean. This is what I mean by money mindset. If you got double right now, you would have literally double. You'd have twice as much. But what would you do with it? Because here's what many of us do. And this is what, remember we talked about, are you a saver or a spender? When we're talking about your money mindset, this is what I want you to understand. If you're a spender, an unbridled spender this is what happens yeah you'll double what you bring in but you'll also begin to have what's called lifestyle creep in other words you will start to live like that double so what begins to happen is that the car you had wasn't good enough because you know when i was making 40 i could drive a civic but you know i'm making 80 now i need a upgrade when i was making 40 i could shop here but now i'm making 80 i can shop here And this is what begins to happen. You've doubled, but you've also moved up your expenses in line with who you think you are based on the money. So now you're making double and you're still unhappy. You're making double, more than you ever thought. And you're still saying, if only I can make a little more. Let me explain to you what you've got to know about your money mindset. You've got to know when enough is enough. Because here's the thing, all of us have had a number in mind at one time or another. You know, all of us have thought, you know, whenever I start making X, everything is going to be all right. Whenever I start making Y, everything is going to be all right. Now, here's the thing, you thought that, but you didn't think about the money you would spend once you got it. The reason the mindset is important is because if God doubles you, God is not looking for you to double your expenses. God is not looking for you to double your spending. God is looking for you, what did we say back in 2 Corinthians? God is not looking for you to double your, God is not looking for you to double your expenses. God is not looking for you to double your spending. God is looking for you to be generous on every occasion. Watch this. God's not going to ask you for all of it, but God is trusting you to use some of it for kingdom building. Notice what he said. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. This is what I want you all to do before we come back next week. Start writing down a list of things you would do if you had double your money. I want you to write it down because you've got to have a plan before you get blessed. And for too many of us, we get an unexpected blessing and we don't know what to do with it. I want you to start writing down right now what you would do. If, you, if your question is, how do I save? How much of double would you save? If your question is, how do I invest? How much of double would you invest? If your question is, I want to be a tither, but I don't feel like I make enough. If it was doubled, would you tithe off that? Because here's the thing. You've got to make up your mind about money before money shows up. Because once money shows up, we all go a little bit crazy. Once money shows up, we all get a little bit wild. I mean, don't feel bad. Don't feel like you out of style. Don't feel like it's only you. It's everybody. If we're not careful, we will let money run us instead of running our money. I told you there's a couple principles that you got to have to get your money mindset right. First off, I need you to know that if you get double, you need to know what to do with it. Secondly, I need you to understand that no matter how much you have, you can apply the principles that will get you what other folks have. Too many times we think, well, you know, if I only had what they had, you can have their principles. Notice in this story, two folk out of three made money. The one with the most and the one in the middle. The only one who didn't make any money is the one who buried it in the ground. Look what the Bible says. It says, um, the one who got one talent dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. In other words, he made the decision, I'm scared, so I need to hold on to this as tightly as I can. This is what I want you to understand. If you are holding your money as tightly as you can, because you're afraid of losing it, you may not lose it, but you cannot put anything else in this hand. I want you to hear me. If you hold it this tight, nothing will fall out, but nothing can come in either. You have to have an open-handed approach to money. It's about having an open-handed mindset. Because if your, mind, if your hand is open, watch this. You can hold what you have if you use some skill. And more can come in if you use that skill properly. But if you lock it up, if you bury it in the ground, that's all you'll ever have. And here's the question. Do you trust God? And I know what some of y'all say. Yeah, I trust God. But do you trust God with your money? I'm not talking about giving right now. I'm talking about the principles that God has given us for financial management. Everything I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you out the Bible. This is all God's best wisdom for money. And the question is, do you trust God with your money? Because here's the thing. We will pray to God for more money. But will we pray to God about how to manage the money that we have? Because here's the thing, until you can prove that you can manage what you've got, God will not give you more. God cannot give you more and God should not give you more until you have become adept at managing what you've got. So it's about getting your mind right. You've got to realize that money has to be managed. You have to be able to tell your money where to go, tell your money what to do. You've got to be able to control your money so it doesn't control you. Because if you let your money control you, you will always be out of control. Because you'll be one way when you have a lot, you'll be another way when you have a little. You'll be one way when your money is great. You'll be another way when your money is funny. And I want you to understand that God wants consistency out of you and consistency for you. How many of you know that when your money is funny, you don't act right with people? How many of you know when your money is funny, it messes with your faith? I want you to understand God does not bless you by giving you money only. It doesn't mean that you're not blessed if you're not rich. But you also don't have to be broke. Now, I want you to understand there's two things here that I want you to know. There is a difference between being poor and being broke. Poor people don't have anything. They don't have any money. They don't have any income. They are destitute. Those are poor people. Broke people just have more stuff than they can pay for. See, many of us are broke because we just got a lot of stuff we got to pay for. Maybe you don't need some of that stuff. And I know somebody just tuned me out. Listen, if it's making you miserable, you don't need it. If it's pulling you away from God, you don't need it. If you can't pay for it, you don't need it. Because here's the thing. It's keeping you up at night. It's making you miserable. You're worrying about what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, how you're going to make it, if you're going to make it. And when you're doing that, you are tearing yourself away from God. Because when you're doing that, I want you to understand you're making yourself worried, you're making yourself anxious, you're giving yourself anxiety, and none of those are healthy. If we're completely honest, there are plenty of folk who are having health-related concerns that are simply about the fact that they don't manage their money well, so they're always worried about it. But over the next couple of weeks, I am going to give you the ability. I'm going to give you the principles. I am going to give you everything you need in order to be able to manage your money properly and to be able to sleep well at night, knowing that your past, your present, and your future are all accounted for. Be clear, God will bless you, but you've gotta be prepared mentally for those blessings. I want you all to become good money managers. I don't want you to just be sitting around wondering how you're going to make it. I don't want you sitting around doing a job that you hate because you can't afford to leave. I'm going to help you be a money manager so that not you can be a millionaire. Let's let's be very clear. Everybody's not going to be a millionaire. That's not how it works. (laughs) But everybody can be all right. And when I say all right, I'm just talking about you having the ability to sleep well at night, the ability to know that you can retire, to know that you can send your kids to school if you want to, to know that you can pass something down other than debt. I'm talking about the ability to pay for a funeral and not have a GoFundMe for it. I wanna give you the tools that will allow you to have a level of fiscal responsibility that will give you financial freedom. And isn't that what we all really want? Because here's the thing. I know it seems like fun to be a Kardashian and just have money that you can trick off. God's not pleased with that either. God will give you enough so that you can be generous on all occasions. And watch this. God doesn't say you are just gonna be generous on all occasions. He says that your barns will be filled. God will give you enough so that you will have enough for you and enough to do his work. So I want you all to be ready. Over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna learn budgeting. We're gonna learn saving. We're gonna learn how to pass down generational wealth. We're gonna learn how to invest. We are going to learn how to do right by God's money because at the end of the day, it is God's money. Because if we do right by God's money, God will always do right by us. So strap in, get ready. We're going to fix your financial future in the next couple of weeks. Now I'm going to bring back Pastor Tony Lee. Hey, bro.
0: Good googly muggly. Good <laughs> Lord, man. Good God so mighty. Man, thank you, Reverend. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate you. That was incredible. That was, I was just writing down quotable quotes. I mean, you said you got to make up your mind about money before money shows up. Man, that was some kind of a quote. But the quote of the day for me is there's a difference in being poor than being broke. Absolutely. Jesus have mercy. So, man, I want to thank you so much. Now, I have some questions, but. Yes, you. But but I actually believe the questions, most of these questions are gonna be helpful for you as you're just kind of digging into the next couple of sessions. Okay. Um. But I will toss out this one kind of big question. Um. That I think you talked about a bit. Um. But and this was from Red Reverend Edna Jenkins, the great uh, G of the gospel. Uh. My auntie. Um. In the kingdom, uh, she said how important is it to save? And her other question that is, is investing important for everyone?
1: How important is it to save and is investing important for everyone? Okay. How important is it to save? It is incredibly important to save. It is one of, see, we got weeks to go, so I don't want to give y'all all of it right now. Uh, one of my one of my um, financial bedrocks is saving. And I'm going to tell you why. We don't think about saving the proper way. You've got to be able to save because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we live in the D.C. area. So even if you're working, you got yourself a good government job, you a GS-12, step five, and then Congress acts a fool and puts everybody on furlough for a shutdown. How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to put gas in your car? How are you going to eat? If you're living check to check and you haven't saved anything, then you are always at risk for problems when problems inevitably show up. So it's important for everybody to save because this is what Big Mama used to say. You better put away something for a rainy day. That's why big, That's why everybody know that you could go to Big Mama and Big Mama may not have had much, but Big Mama could reach inside that shirt and pull out a little something for you all the time because she had saved something. So it's important for everybody to save. How important is it to invest? That all depends on you. I believe in investing simply because of this. Right now in the economy that we have, you can save money, but saving money often gets eaten up by the um, by inflation. So your average checking account doesn't pay any interest. Your average savings account pays less than one percent interest. Inflation right now is at six percent. So over the course of a year, the buying power of the money that you have goes down because it's just been sitting still. By contrast, last year, I believe the stock market was up, depending on, depending on how you invested, I believe the stock market was up somewhere between 17 and 21% last year. So that means that if you invested $100 last year and didn't touch it, at the end of the year, you had $117. So even if you spent the 17, you'd still have the same 100 So to me, the reason we invest is because you can't pass down money. If you spend all your money, we invest so that we can grow money so that we can then pass it down. So I think everybody should be saving. Everybody should be investing, but how you invest depends on who you are, what your needs are and what your tolerance for risk is, but that's a whole different class. And I'm not going to do all that tonight.
0: Well, man, that's great. And look, Um, I've got a couple other questions, but, these are questions that I want you to handle on another night because I know you're going to be digging deep into them, had questions and have had questions about Bitcoin and whether it's a good investment. I've got something a little deeper from a CSRS retiree on how they can invest their TSP or roll it over without a penalty. And so I'll let you handle some of that stuff. Um, and, and another setting unless you want to just grab some of it real quick. Um,
1: I, I'm, not, I'm not going to get that deep on some of that right now, but what I, what I am going to say ahead of time, listen, for some of this stuff, listen, I'm giving y'all basic principles. I'm giving you basic principles to get yourself in order. There are going to be some things that I'm going to simply tell you we can't do right now. And I'm going to give you some advice and I'll give you all my email address and all that sorts of thing. Because some stuff we're going to have to dig a little bit deeper than this format allows for. So listen, send all your questions to, Rem, to Pastor Lee. Send all of them. I will look at all of them. I'll go through all of them. I'm going to prepare these presentations. These presentations are for the Community of Hope family. This isn't stuff that I've got canned somewhere that I present all over the world. Like I present all over the world, but this is Community of Hope. This is my friend. And this is the Community of Hope family. So I'm building every week based on what you've asked. So be clear. These presentations are for you all. So you want to, number one, send your questions. Number two, grab your broke friend and tell them to send their questions so we can get everybody right.
0: Wonderful. Now I I do want to share this. Sister Hazel said, Praise God for this good money management financial teaching. Exclamation point. Thank you, Reverend Daryl. This has been a tremendous blessing. Powerful word, powerful tools with three exclamation points. I had to share it was three exclamation points because that's bigger Thank than you. I one. I appreciate that. Or, one or for the Father,
1: one for the Son, two. one for the Holy Ghost. Now,
0: you got the trinity of exclamation points. Holy um, Sister hazel So she got you right. Um, and, and, and so, um, um, Reverend Dr. Darrell, um, what I'm going to do um, is I am going, because it's 755, I'm going to close us out in prayer. I mean, if you have any closing remarks you want to share and then just get folks excited. I am super excited, folks. I want to apologize. I know we had some problems on the Facebook side, but I'm glad you all jumped over to the uh, a church online side and for everyone who's watching us on Roku and apple tv we're excited about all of y'all but y'all tell somebody i told y'all this was going to be something and he man he shared with us enough already but i'm excited about the weeks to come you got any last words uh dr Durrell before i close this out in prayer
1: yeah listen y'all i'm i am happy to do this i'm excited to do this i want to be a blessing to you but i want to be a blessing to your friends and your family too so listen grab somebody and tell them to log on next week. Tell them to send their questions. We want to bless our community. Because listen, we can't buy back the block if only some of us got bread. We want to make sure there's enough bread so we can buy back the whole block. I love y'all. I'll see y'all next week.
0: Come on, let's pray. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Reverend Dr. Daryl, for Pastor Daryl. We're grateful, God, uh, for the incredible gift he is to the body of believers. We're grateful, God, uh, for this incredible teaching today. Now, God, we ask, God, that you would bless him and his family, that you would bless the community of hope, that you would help us, God, to get our minds right around money, God, to get our money mindset right. We thank you, God, that we are believing that during this Lenten season, even as we are engaged in this fast and this financial fast uh, and and this teaching, that you, God, shall literally renew our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. amen. Look, somebody put here, is there a place we can submit questions later on? Yes, uh, that you can go to info at hiphopnation.com, info at nation.com. You can send it to any of my social media stuff. That's at Rev Tony Lee. Let me say this for everyone who is joining me in this financial fast. Lord have mercy, Jesus. I'm praying for you. But I do want to share this one thing. We have to shift <coughs> this because of COVID. In uh, the initial financial fast uh, that they asked you, instead of using credit cards to use cash because you, you end up spending less when you just use cash. But what I thought about was that cash during COVID is a point of contact. And so it is okay not to use the cash because cash goes hand to hand. And so that ends up being putting you at, at, at a greater risk around COVID stuff is a greater point of contact. And so it is okay, but I would ask you, to be documenting and keeping a log of how much you're spending and paying attention to how much you're spending. Um, one of the reasons for using cash instead of credit is because studies show that you spend less when you spend cash because you're actually thinking about how much you spend. But a lot of times when you're swiping, you're just swiping. So I need us to take a pause when you swipe, that's the word for y'all. Take a pause when you swipe and think about, How much actually is this? I want you to pay attention to it. Think about it because we have to shape some different kinds of practices, but I don't want us to put ourselves at an increased risk around getting sick, around getting COVID. So God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful night and a super blessed morning. I'll see you in the morning, 7 a.m. Y'all better meet. If y'all can meet a Reverend Durrell, And in the evening, y'all better meet your pastor in the morning. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is don't y'all have me out here by myself there going and waking up early in the morning to pray for you and you not be there. I want to see you uh, early tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Facebook Live. God bless y'all. We love y'all. We out.